We are talking about MotoGP, MotoGP Fantasy, motorcycles, and just the general love of riding. This is Wheel to Wheel. We are back. After a good bit of time. Yep, summer break happened. It was it was good. It was a nice little break for us. We're late. We are late. Uh, and that is completely my fault. Um, I had some family stuff happen last week, as well as an awesome stomach bug that in turn ended up at your house tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, because yep. your family was very gracious in watching our children when we thought that this was just salmonella yeah i 100 percent thought it was food poisoning and i thought that it, i food poisoned myself well here's that question what what in your food made you go ah salmonella? so we had a a cutting board that we had some raw chicken on and that went in our dishwasher well the dishwasher got stopped early and we just put the dishes away not knowing that it was stopped early and so I'm. I was assuming that we got salmonella from. Well, me, <laughs> that I got salmonella from the raw chicken in the dishwasher. But then other people started getting sick that were not in my house. So <laughs> that would indicate that this was not salmonella. However, this was a brutal stomach bug. I still advise against pulling the Rocky Balboa and drinking the raw eggs. Even though it was just a stomach virus this time. Listen, I'm just telling you that I lost eight pounds in thirty hours. That's that's madness. <laughs> I lose five, but that's just when I'm taking a dump. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, on yeah. that note, uh, so we just wanted to apologize for uh, missing our episode last week. It was just uh, an unavoidable thing, unfortunately. But we are back and. We are going to be talking about Silverstone and how that went because it was crazy and awesome at the same time. It, it was, you know, awesome. There were some disappointing moments in that. Oh weekend. yeah, absolutely, obviously. Uh, some heartbreaking moments for yeah. sure. But it was an inc- it was the best race of the season so far. Absolutely. Sprint, not so much, but the race, best race of the season. Hey, you know what? No one crashed in the sprint. In the sprint, a Marquez won. That is true. That is true. It was a Marquez. It wasn't necessarily the Marquez that... We you, want it to be. <laughs> well, yeah. But, hey, you know what? We got the Dollar General Marquez. Yep. And we're going to get to that and talk about that more. But first, let's talk about Morton's BMW because they are sponsoring our Fantasy League and going to be giving a $50 gift card to the winner who currently is Mia Culpa in first place still. And we're going to talk about that later. But... Uh, the winner of our league this year is going to get the opportunity to spend 50 big ones for nothing but winning the thing. And that's a great chance because there is so much good stuff to buy from Morton's, whether you're looking for gear, whether you're looking for a motorcycle. 50 bucks isn't a great down payment on a bike, but it's a little bit towards it. So, <laughs> so you can potentially win that by being in our league. If you're not in our league and you want to be, you can still jump in. Just search Wheel to Wheel Podcast, I believe. Hey, look, if you don't have enough cash for a motorcycle, but you want to at least fit in with the group when we're out <laughs> places, you can get yourself a motorcycle t-shirt. That's absolutely true. And there are plenty of them in Morton's that are under 50 bucks. So. In this case, it's better to look marvelous than to feel marvelous. Oh, my gosh. So we're excited that Morton's is a part of our podcast and sponsoring us for this season. And uh, big shout out to them. So we have some big news, though. We are going to be hitting you guys with some really cool, awesome content this coming weekend. So uh, as you are hearing this and this is hitting your ears, it will be Thursday. And the next day, Ty and myself and a couple of our friends that we've shouted out a few times on the podcast, Mark and Brian, who is Ty's dad, uh, we are going to be hitting up Summit Point. Is it rate? What what is what is it called? Summit Point Raceway. I is believe. it Raceway? I didn't want to so. say like track and it'd be wrong because that's obviously wrong. So Summit Point Raceway. It's in West Virginia. Uh, we're going to be hitting that place up with Mid Atlantic Road Racing Club, and for a whole day of Mark Mark Mark. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> So we're going to be hitting that up for a whole day of riding on the track this coming Friday, and we're super excited about it. Uh, I'm going to be on my BMW G310R. Ty, what are you riding? I'm on my CBR 600. Sick. So you, you've got the fun. biggest bike of the group this time. Wow, that's weird. Oh, yeah, because your dad's taking his Kawasaki. Ninja right? 400. 
Well, it's no the, Ninja 400 RR. I was so it's the, the four cylinder for those of you who are like, you know, it's what's a, the actual what? thing? The, is it Z4 or what? What is it? ZX400. ZX400. Yeah, that's or it. ZX4RR. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know. They didn't make a ton of them. They're kind of rare, but yeah. they're super cool. I mean, it's instead of being the twin that the like the 400 has been traditionally, which is super torquey but not so great performing on the track. I've gotten a chance to kind of ride this around town. This thing like redlines at what sixteen thousand RPMs. Oh, it's it's a <laughs> it's a screamer. I mean, you're not going to be going, you know, anywhere super fast until he gets the flash and opens up the full seventy five horsepower. But dude, that thing <laughs> that thing will rip. That thing will rip. That is for sure. Yeah, so he'll be on that, and then Mark is going to be riding his. Uh, what is what is he riding? Uh, RC three ninety. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So. We're all on small bikes, and then ties on the uh, the old six hundred. We also almost forgot one announcement. What did we forget? You know who was coming to the track day? Who? My fiance. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's kind of weird. Hey, anyway. we announced it on the Instagram. That was enough, Ty. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to get in it's trouble. It's like you're excited or something. Uh, maybe just a little bit. Yeah, your also, fiance is also beating you in fantasy still. Gosh. Well, <laughs> you know, I also just feel like I had to say it because I didn't want to get in trouble. Oh my. You know. No. Starting off on a good foot. Yep. So uh, <laughs> it's going to be an exciting time. We're, we're super pumped. Uh, so be checking things out because we're going to be um, taking pictures, taking some videos um, and stuff like that, letting you guys know how our track experience is going. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it on our next episode, just kind of at the front end. We'll debrief a little bit, tell you about our, our experience because... You know, yes, this is a MotoGP podcast and we love that, but this is also about just the general love of riding motorcycles and we want to share that with you and let you come along on that experience with us. So we're excited about it. Now, let's get into Silverstone. Slippery Silverstone. The old British GP. Oh, man. So let's talk sprint first. Here are your top 10 sprint finishers. So just like Ty said, you've got Alex Marquez winning the sprint which is a big deal. Yeah, it's true. It's, he's been kind of bad for a lot of the season. Okay, he hasn't been bad. Well, he started out really, really hot, and everybody was like, oh, man, he's going to be crazy good. And then he just like went on this string of crashes, and then he just kind of was... Vomiting in his helmet. Yeah, it was just terrible. Getting taken out by Jorge Martin. <laughs> it was just terrible, so... And then when he did kind of finally break away on his own, and then he crashed. Yep. So it's kind of like, okay, <laughs> it's not his fault, and then it is his fault, and you're like, this guy just has the worst luck ever. So then he comes in hot with a... Solid first place finish in the sprint. In second place, you have Marco Bedzecki. Third. Who had a pretty solid weekend. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, he crashed a bunch this weekend. Three, four times. Yeah. But he did get second place in the sprint. So Marco Bedzecki's really good. And then Maverick Vinales in third place, catching himself a podium in the sprint. Here's the thing. Last week, I promise I'm not making this up. I promise that I'm not just saying this post because now I know the results. I was talking to your dad about this, actually. I was going to say on the podcast that I thought that the Aprilias were actually going to show out this week. And Maverick was like my wild card pick for fantasy and, you know, all this stuff. and, And Aprilia was going to be my, you know, hey, you should get them for your team if you have a bad team right now. Say you had Yamaha or something like that. Like, just dump them and get Aprilia because Aprilia is going to be good this weekend. And they were, which made me feel really good. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, fourth place, you had Joe Anzarco. Fifth place, Aleish Espargaro. Sixth place, Jorge Martin. Seventh place, Jack Miller. Eighth place, Augusto Fernandez, who, again, has still just been solid as a rookie, especially. Ninth place, Brad Bender. And then 10th place, Miguel Oliveira. So dude, he actually had a pretty solid this weekend. This dude had an amazing weekend. This is his best weekend of the season. Well, Be- honestly, his biggest kryptonite finished in, like, 18th place in the sprint. Oh, you mean the one that, like, almost <laughs> killed him at the beginning of the season? <laughs> mark, mark, mark. <laughs> So um, it was a pretty big deal that we had all of these uh, riders because 
you notice something important here. We're not dominated by Ducatis this time. No, no, don't get me wrong. There's a few Ducatis up there, but you've got Aprilia represented, you've got KTM represented, and you've got Ducati. Nobody expects to see a Japanese bike up there right now. So No. But you've got three different manufacturers represented very well. But I think a solid thing to take away from this sprint is this is the first sprint of the year that there was no crashes. I know. Crazy. Uh, Absolutely crazy. Now, you did have people like Fabio and Mark. I mean, Fabio, Mark, Franco Morbidelli, Juan Mir, Takanakagami. I mean, the Japanese bikes literally made the last, like, six positions of the yeah, sprint. Oh, yeah. So. Well, and you've got this this sprint where no one crashes, and it was a wet race. Um, it was considered wet because the track was not dry. So they go out here, and I think because so many people struggled in that qualifying with it being just torrentially wet yeah i think they went into the super super cautious because there wasn't a lot of like crazy pushing or anything like that there was a couple things here and there but then you kind of saw them all like spread out a little bit it was like let's just not die today (laughs) you know (laughs) so it was not the most eventful race but at the same time there was some really good battling that went on with alex marquez trying to you know work his way up and stuff like that but let's talk about fabio really quick oh oh this was not a good week for yamaha no i mean he qualified the worst he's ever qualified he qualified last place i mean fabio quadraro (laughs) qualified in last place i actually want to quote something real quick quote it this person says honda is trying to kill arguably the best rider ever and fabio can't even start a lawnmower let alone win a race (laughs) something needs to be done who said that that was just some reddit moto gp thing i think it was what the blast not said wow. that so thank nice. you what the last not i just saw that before we uh were getting started and i thought that you know what i just feel like i gotta share that it kind of correlates i think it's funny can't start a lawnmower <laughs> well okay so here's the thing considering the fact that he started in last place he didn't do terrible in either of these you know saturday or sunday um i think any time that a yamaha and a honda can cross the finish line at this point yeah, well, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Especially the Honda because it blows up all the time. But here's the thing. Th- this really made me wonder if Yamaha can make it back. I mean, they had the whole break to make some adjustments, and they put all this new arrow on the bike and stuff like that, and then it was just a disaster. It was an absolute disaster because Fabio couldn't even go as fast as he went last year, and he's got a faster bike than last year. That's a problem. And then in addition to that, Fabio came out and said that he felt like the Japanese bikes, this is like the most pointed he's been. He said he felt like the Japanese manufacturers were, and the bikes were, are embarrassing their riders right now. It's pretty bad. It's, it's terrible. I don't know if I would say, I mean, I would not be surprised to see Yamaha or Honda or both vacate in 2025 or 2026 don't think it will happen. I mean, I hope con- concessions have made Ducati what they are today. Sure. If it wasn't for concessions, they might not be. Same with Aprilia. Yeah. Um, you know, but Ducati. I mean, it was up until last season that Aprilia had concessions. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, we're not going to probably see a new team join MotoGP anytime soon. Unfortunately. We're definitely not in 2024. They've already said no. Yeah, Um, which we're going to talk about that, too. (laughs) But, you know, I think uh, what I'm hoping is that they're honestly the the season is shot for any hopes of seeing anything from Mark or Fabio. Yeah. Any Honda or Yamaha rider. Because we've only got the Mizano test left. So, yeah. So I think. Yeah, there's. There's not a lot of hope. I, I don't know. I think they're just, this is going to be a research and development. I mean, every every race to them is just going to be a track day. Yeah, well, Mark actually said that there was a point in the sprint where he just decided to just let off the gas and get behind Juan Mir and just follow him around so that he could get the the camera footage from Juan Mir's bike so that he could see his bike, see the front and how he was riding and what it looked like and stuff. So he... 100% treated the sprint like it wasn't an actual 
competitive thing. It was just, I'm just going out here to see what I can learn. <laughs> he decided to use his teammate as a GoPro. Yeah, absolutely. So super, super weird. Um, and in addition to that, the conditions for this race were tricky because it wasn't raining, but the track was still wet they do and say, it was drying. Oh, you yeah. know, they were, they were kind of questioning like, is somebody going to go in and switch to their slicks? Like, cause they had the, they were allowed to go in and swap bikes, which was crazy. Cause it was a 10 lap race. Yeah. It, but they, it was drying up quick, you know? Yeah. So and for I, those of you who don't know, if you're on rain tires on a dry track, I've heard I've heard a lot of people say that are new to it. Why don't you know if you're kind of unsure? Why don't you just go out and rain on rain uh, tires? Because they melt. They they do they shred apart. They they heat up really quickly when they're not actually going over water. So you know you can shoot yourself in the foot really easily if you make a mistake there. Yep. So another world champion that struggled greatly in the sprint was Peko Bagnai. Woo! (laughs) I mean, this was a disaster for him, (laughs) which is okay. He annoys the absolute mess out of me because it never fails at the beginning of the weekend. He never is doing anything. He's always in like 18th place during all the practices. And then all of a sudden he just kind of barely squeaks up into like sixth or seventh just to get himself into Q2. And then he comes out with like this blistering pace in qualifying. And I'm like, he just kind of like holds back the whole time and doesn't really push it until he absolutely has to, which like no one else does that. And then come race time, he's just good. And it frustrates me <laughs> uh, because except this time he was bad. He was just flat out bad in this race. He could not do anything. I think that the conditions really affected him. Uh, I don't think that he was confident in the bike. I don't think he was confident in the grip. I don't think he was confident in anything going into the sprint. His bike was too stable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it was interesting. I mean, he didn't get any points for the sprint. He just kind of, there was a point where he just gave up. You could see it happen. Uh, There was no point in risking anything, so... He just kind of let it go. Uh, but then also Jack, same thing, looked really, really good from the get-go and then just faded away, which is very normal for him. But, you know, not in a sprint, though. I would have expected him to make it the 10 laps. Well, you know, the crazy thing is I was thinking when you watch the highlights of Jack and Brad, honestly, the KTM bros, um, both, I think it looks really cool to watch them corner. Because they come in and it looks like they Tokyo, drift. It looks like Tokyo yeah. Drift. I mean, they're up in there, and you can you can even hear the Tokyo Drift music coming on. <laughs> um, but the thing beow, is, every beow, time beow, I see that, <laughs> every time I see that, I'm like, that looks so cool, and I I know it can be really fast. It's just not maintainable. It's. Yeah. I mean, every time you see them sliding like that, they're wrecking their tire. The next the next lap, they will have less traction. Yeah. You know, so it's just hard to for me. I feel like that's one thing that KTM will have to adjust. I mean, like if Jack Miller and Brad Bender ever want to win a championship, mm-hmm. they will have to learn how to not ride like that. Well, and Brad Bender even struggled in this, which no one anticipated Brad and Jack doing bad in a wet condition. They're the ones that you expect to win when it's wet. And they struggled in this sprint. I don't know if they just... Didn't quite have the right setup for the the track because that's something that we forget a lot is everything is dependent on the setup of the bike for the track. So the weather was a big factor the whole weekend. It was cool. Temperatures were lower. I mean, it was like 60 degrees. You know, it wasn't really warm or hot or anything. So all of that, in addition to the rain, I'm sure messed up the setup. And it, because it seemed like they kind of figured more out for Sunday, yeah. as Brad did much better on yeah. Sunday. I wonder just how the KTM, because the KTM, I mean, compared to the Ducati, have really shown that they're able to keep up with the top speed. They might not be quite as fast, but they're exactly what you and I said Fabio needed from Yamaha for this season if he wanted a chance where it's not necessarily that they're like faster than a Ducati on the straightaway. They're just not getting absolutely blitzed by yeah. on that straightaway. But I just wonder how much, I mean, because they've obviously spent a lot of time on their downforce with the arrow and with the power. But I wonder how much time they're spending on the traction because, I mean, 
I don't know. Their launch is like amazing. Well, the launch is great, yeah. but they are sliding around all yeah. of the time. That and could I, be their riding style. I was going to say, I just wonder if that's more the rider. I don't know. Because they both historically have done that. But that is where I think the Ducati is strong is because it is so stable. Sorry, Peko. Uh, but they are able to just hold the line, and it's interesting because they don't. I don't feel like they have to hang off quite as much. Yeah, they kind of tend to keep their arms more tucked. And then you have Brad Bender and Jack Miller that are, they're not like Mark Marquez, but I think a similar mentality where they just send it, and that's yeah. just it's a lot harder to maintain. Well, that. but then you have the Aprilias, which were you know we can just talk about them next. I mean, they looked amazing on this track this time. I wonder if they found something over the break that kind of like just got the bike working the way they all want it to work because the, the Aprilia actually, I think holds more, um, mid corner speed than the Ducati even because the Ducati used to not do corner speed well, but then they advanced their arrow so much and now it does corner speed. Great. And the electronics are doing really well. Like the V4s do, do better with corner speed than the inlines do now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm looking at this going, the Aprilia seems to have something a little bit more than the Ducati, though, in the corner speed, which you saw on Sunday with Aleish in the end, you know, which we'll talk about that in a minute. But that's just a, something to, to note is the Aprilias were looking really, really good. Well, and I were, think that's had, had something to do with it. I thought the Aprilias were also looking more veteran than the Ducatis did. Sure. I mean, you have so much experience now. I mean, it's kind of weird to say that for me now about Maverick because it does seem like he just entered MotoGP yesterday. Well, even Oliveira's been in since 2019. He's yeah. been riding. He's ju- he's the same as Peko and Fabio. Well, Maverick and Vinales and uh, Alessia Spirago, I mean, they've been in MotoGP. Yeah. They're old now. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it is weird to kind of be able to say that about Maverick, but I think, you know, they've they've been able to show a lot of restraint, and they're mm-hmm. they're really improving those bikes. Yeah, well, and Aleish just has <laughs> – we'll, we'll talk about Aleish in a minute. But, <laughs> um, but let's talk about Alex because, Alex, you can't take anything away from him on this one. He did a great job. I mean, from la- – with nine laps to go. So, after the first lap, he got himself in the mix of, of things. And, and once he worked his way up to the front – he immediately started putting some space between him and Bedzeki and the rest of the pack. And, you know, that's pretty much what it looked like the rest of the sprint. Um, Bedzeki ultimately did not make it easy for Alex. He really pushed hard to try to beat him. He just couldn't. Alex had it locked down. Yeah. You know, and that says a lot for him considering it was a wet and he's not one that people look at and go, yeah, he's really great in the wet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I will say, Grassini, I think before this weekend, I knew Alex was going to be trying really, really hard. Um, and I think I, I believed that mainly just because Grassini hasn't locked down any of their play, mm-hmm. their riders yet. So he's riding it. He's, he's one of those survival riders. Yep. You know? He's got it. Well, and I think that this probably locks him in. I mean, if it doesn't, that's silly. Yeah. I think he just locked himself in by getting a sprint win. And, you know, he was looking really, really good on Sunday. And then it just didn't look really good because his bike <laughs> decided just to quit working. He had a Aprilia moment, which is the first time I've seen that, like, all season. And maybe even last season on a Ducati. Yeah. So, kind of a big deal there. Uh, but that is the sprint. You know, it was it was good race. It was fun to watch but it wasn't the most entertaining thing i've ever seen the drama of the wet kind of mixed things up a little bit changed the outcomes a bit a lot of our big time names weren't really to be heard of (laughs) because it wasn't really their day so uh, before we move to the main race uh, we do have a new sponsor coming on and we want to give them a real quick shout out broad river apparel so this is just an apparel company that has all kinds of really cool gear and shirts and hats and you know sweatshirts, hoodies, all the stuff. Uh, and and it, they've got several different lines. They've got like more of a, a beach line. They've got a like hunting and fishing line. They've got more of like your kind of crunchy line, you know, like crunchy. Yeah, you know, like hiking and and stuff like that. Oh. You know, granola people. Yeah, I was uh, gonna say that, but I wasn't <laughs> sure if I if I was allowed to or not. <laughs> 
I just say things. So, <laughs> so you, we've, they've got that kind of like more crunchy line. Then they've got kind of a camping line. And this is all apparel. Uh, a lot of it, there's a, a patriotic edge to it, uh, to quite a bit of it as well. It's just a really cool thing. So they are going to be launching pretty soon, but they are going to be sponsoring our podcast, which is super cool. And we're excited to partner up with them. And we will probably, when we get our website up and going we'll probably have some links and maybe even some of their merch for sale on our website as well um, which we are also working on our own merch and things like that we are i promise we're really close <laughs> i promise we're getting very close to getting this uh squared away and we're going to have the website up and when we do that we're going to have some articles that ty and i write and maybe even some people that we call in uh, that want to help write some things for us and we will have all of our podcasts available there you can do listener support there as well as purchase merchandise and things like that and just keep up to date with everything that we're doing so super cool we've got a lot going on a lot coming up let's move on to the main race let's do it all right, here's your top 10 finishers for the main race. In first place, second win for his MotoGP career as well as for Aprilia with Aleish Espargaro. What what an awesome thing, the fact that he's the guy, you know? What a dude. Dude, I, I mean, everybody also loves it when he comes off the track. on a, a Like, if he's in the top three... And his like kids are there. Oh yeah. I mean, he's like the family favorite. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so he's definitely. I feel like the new, in some ways, the new Cal Crutchlow. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, you because know, Cal Crutchlow came off, and he'd have his kids. And, yeah, you know, that's a good. Uh, that's a good comparison. He's the he's the father of the MotoGP <laughs> paddock right now. I mean, Johan Zarco's the granddad. Hey, Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> Maverick has got two or three kids now. Yeah, he's. No, that's not the same. <laughs> Uh, so second place at least is, is the is the fun dad yeah there you go second place is francesco bagnai third place brad bender fourth place miguel Oliveira. fifth place maverick vinales so i just want you to know there are three aprilias in the top five that's huge that is huge for them miguel Oliveira did so well i know we're gonna talk about him in a minute sixth place jorge martin who just kind of had an average weekend you know, not great, not bad, which is weird for him. You know, I expected him to do better. But uh, seventh place, Luca Marini. Eighth place, Jack Miller. Ninth, Joanne Zarco. Tenth, Raul Fernandez. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's can. weird, right? So, here we go. My main picks that I had were not even close, by the way. I'm not even going to mention them and talk about them. They're not on the notes, Ty. I can see you looking for them. <laughs> I took them out of the notes so that no one would know what my picks were because they were atrocious. Um, <laughs> I mean, I had Pecco in the top three, so, you know, there's that. But, like, just overall, it was just bad. So, I'm glad that I didn't uh, publish that. But the main race here, Jorge got off to a terrible start, okay? He got pushed super, super wide right off the bat. And ended up in 21st place. <laughs> Off the first turn, this is what happened. He ends up in the 21st place. And let me just tell you, the dude went on a tear. <laughs> Remember, he finished in 6th place. And he was actively fighting for the podium multiple times. Because those top, like, 6 were all they, really close. That was a tight group. That was oh, the closest yeah. that we've seen to, like, a Moto2 yeah. or, or earlier MotoGP Absolutely. You know, that was definitely, I think, a, that was a lot of fun. I have a theory. Well, let me hear it. Okay. I was going to get to this later, but I'll just talk about it now. I have a theory on why this was such a good race. I mean, it was incredible. They were There was overtaking. There was drama. There were some crashes. There was just... Too much stability. <laughs> man alive. I mean, they were just at each other's necks. There's a lot of contact. It was, it was like a 2019 race. Yeah. Right? Uh, I mean, it was awesome, and here's my theory. It was in the 60s, which means their tire pressure never got high because they have the tire pressure rules, and one of the biggest reasons that they don't push as hard as they did before is because they 
can't because their tire pressure gets too high. If they get too close, they get into that dirty air and the tire pressure goes up and then they lose the front, right? Well, that happened to Marco still. That did happen to Marco and that's because he got too close to um, to Pecco. And th- they said on the, the commentators actually said it was because he popped into that, that air bubble and his arrow stopped working. That's what they said. It wasn't his tires. It said that he was expecting certain downforce going into that, but he... He and because if you notice when they are following each other, they never are like right behind each other anymore. They're always a little bit to the side, and that's so that they can continue to get that airflow. And that he was directly behind Pecco when he lost it, and so that's what the commentators were saying. They were like, "Oh, this was a just a bad decision," (laughs) you know. (laughs) Um, But my theory is that because the temperatures were lower initially, you would think that's a bad thing because you can't keep the heat in the tires, which is true. But there's a catch-22 to that in today's MotoGP because the tire pressure isn't going to go up, which means that they're going to maintain a little bit more traction and grip and all of that. So I wonder if they just had more confidence in that their tire pressure wasn't spiking because Aleish later was like, I just had a lot more in it than I thought. It was one of those days where I could just do whatever I wanted with the bike. And I'm like, yeah. That's awesome, and I think it's because your tires were working, <laughs> you know? What do you think, Ty? It just makes me hate the wings even more, <laughs> you know? like. Listen, I thought it was a pretty good theory. Look, the wings need to stay in Buffalo Wild Wings and out of MotoGP. Buffalo Wild Wings doesn't even use real wings, I don't think. I don't know. Are we getting in trouble for saying that? I don't know. They're probably using that lab-grown meat. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Back to the action, uh, but that's my theory. Uh, I <laughs> I think that I think that it was both good and bad because the the weather was certainly a factor. But here's the thing: Fabio off the rip, he had a good day Sunday. Despite everything, he had a good race on Sunday. He jumps from last place to sixteenth after the first turn. I mean, he was like getting it. Yep. And he, through the whole race, let's just wrap up Fabio here, through the whole race, works his way all the way into the top 10 at one point. And then they had the issue with Luca Marini, where they had contact and the whole front end of Fabio's motorcycle flies off. <laughs> he comes back. And did you hear what Aleish said? He said in the post race, he was like, "Oh yeah, I saw Fabio's bike. He turned it into a cafe racer." <laughs> <laughs> so you know, there's this whole thing where I don't know whose fault it was. There was, there's a lot of people who are saying that it was completely Fabio. He was making this terrible move, but like I went and watched it back. It doesn't look like he's being overly sloppy he's being aggressive but it doesn't look any more aggressive than anything else happening on the it track it's crazy how like the way they have the aero design now it I, I feel like a lot of the other bikes in the paddock it one of the wings would have just ripped off yeah the whole front the whole fairing. front end it's like <laughs> one piece it seems like um but i mean the commentator said the same thing they said he turned it into a naked bike yeah so what what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that Luca? I, I mean, obviously there was no penalties. There's no. There's nothing I think like it was that, a racing incident. Yeah, I don't. But I just get frustrated because people are like, "Man, Fabio is just doing so bad. He's doing. He's taking all these risky moves." And I'm like, what he did didn't seem. It just he. They both went for the same race line at the same time. Fabio was being pretty aggressive. He was trying to take that inside line. I think he actually had room for it but i think the ducati's just a little bit faster <laughs> I, think, I think what we get here is the same thing that like ufc and a lot of the combat sports get where you have commentators who didn't actually watch the fight because they didn't want to pay to watch it they're just watching that two second clip on instagram mm-hmm. or tiktok i think when you watch the entire race and you get a better idea of what fabio was writing like for the most of the the duration of that race sure he was not all over the place like mark marquez i think it's hard to defend him sometimes because when you watch the race and when you watch the clips i mean he's just like i mean he when he takes someone out that's not usually the first person he's touched (laughs) right he's kind of like you know bumper cars where fabio's typically very calculated well there was no trouble before that Mm -mm. you know i feel like if a rider's like 
making contact throughout the whole duration of the race, you can't. It's hard to defend it. But when you have a rider who's like been clean, almost like precision, and then he gets wrapped up with one person, it's hard to just be like, "Oh yeah, he's a terrible mistake." I mean, right. you do have to remember these guys are going 226 miles an hour. They're making decisions, you know, when we go on our Instagram, we see this like two second snippet and it's like, oh, well, they had to make 14 decisions in that two seconds. (laughs) I know. So, So, yeah, I agree with you. So let's move on to Jack. Jack, honestly, just he had really good pace and qualifying and all that stuff. But when it came to race pace, it just wasn't there. The KTM just didn't have it with him on board. Uh, And he almost looked a little silly when he was surrounded by the Ducatis because I was watching this race, and Pecco gets out in front, and I was just furious with Jack Miller. I was like, get out of the way. You're just causing problems at this point. You're not helping. Any- you have no chance of doing well in this race, like getting a podium, yet you're blocking all these people that can slow down this crazy dude named Pecco. Yeah. You know, like, just help your teammate by getting Pecco less points. You know what I mean? But I still, I mean, I mean like maybe Jack, you know, maybe it's part of partially him, but I, I also kind of feel like, I mean, Brad Bender did well, but I also watching the way the bikes ride. I feel like a lot of times it looks like what Honda was a few years ago. It's not unstable. It's predictable, but it's almost like it prefers to ride a little more on the edge. On the edge. Sure. But because I think their electronics are probably much better. Up much better. <laughs> it's got the arrow. It's got the better engine. So I mean like their their top speeds there, it's it's not bucking you off. You mm-hmm. know? So it looks like a bike that I mean, it's easy enough to ride. You got a rookie that came in and has hopped on it. And you got Jack Miller who's never been on it and they're doing great. Yeah. So I mean <laughs> I think, you know, it's not necessarily a slant against KTM. I think KTM even pole. Who came back after breaking his back and his face, rode in this, and like he wasn't great, but he was he rode in the race, and yeah. he didn't fly off his motorcycle like Juan Mir did. Oh, gosh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Juan Mir and Mark Mar- Marquez, Marquez have not finished a premier class race this year. I know, but you got Paul Espargaro who broke his back and his face, and he finished the race. Right, he finished. Right, yeah, he finished. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I, the KTM's a good motorcycle. It's a great motorcycle. <laughs> I just, you know, part of me, part of the reason I brought that up is because I, you know, it's got to be hard riding a bike that's sliding around like that because their tires really do not last right long at all. I almost wonder if Jack Miller would benefit from riding more often with harder tire compounds because I think he went soft medium in this race and I can't remember yeah the problem with that though is I don't think that because the way he rides I think he'll crash every single time because he's not going to have enough grip early on to do the crazy stuff that's what Mark was so good at so Mark would take the hard tires and he would just be able to ride it like it was soft and then he would just be good to go at the end of the race so I think you know that might be something that would benefit Jack Miller that's a good point or not Mark Marquez so I mean Jack or Brad would probably benefit from that because they, they don't have a bike where they can really... And the number of times that they've went with a softer tire than other people, I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, Jack just seemed a little out of place to me. Um, but let's talk about... Do you think that the Aprilia's found something different? I mean, they didn't say that they did anything different. I don't know. It's hard to or say. Or is it just that they're just... This is a just a comfortable track for them. They just happen to have the right setup. I don't know if it's just happened to have the right setup. I think it's hard because I don't know if the 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 product that Aprilia has is going to be able to do what they did this weekend for the rest of the rest of the season. And I don't know that it's either just I don't think it's a coincidence that they had this. I think they did they came here and they did a good job. They showed up. They had a good um setup on the bike and I think Elise and Maverick did a great job. I just don't think the bike itself will get the job done like this again for like the rest of the season. They might have another few good weekends here and there, but I mean, they're, they're not, I think in a position on this bike to really starting to see him get more and more poles. I don't know. We'll see. I, that's just with Aprilia. I'm like, we'll see. I don't know. I just don't know. It could, you know, historically speaking, you know, I think if you look at how they've done in the past, they always have, 
a good race, you know, but that they don't always have like great races for sure. most of the season. Last year was actually the most different. This year seems more like typical Aprilia. Last well, year, and you know, I think that Aleish has proven that he's still the number one guy. You know, because everybody kind of thought Maverick wouldn't once he got his. Well, all the commentators got really excited when they thought Maverick was going to win because they're going to be the I, first man to I'm win. Telling him. you what, though, Maverick wanted that and he just couldn't deliver. And it, I want to like him, I really do. I just want to like him, but something about him just makes me be like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't love you too much, dude. Uh, but the thing is, is he had the opportunity to win the race and just couldn't do it, and then. Let's talk about Oliveira because Oliveira on last year's Aprilia beat Maverick Vinales outright. Just I don't care who you are, that hurts. That's what I'm saying. Like Oliveira outright beat him on last year's bike. And it's not because Maverick didn't try to stop him. He just couldn't. Now, conditions, you do have to consider the conditions. Maverick has never been good with wet, ever. <laughs> Which is why it's astonishing he was on the podium for the sprint race, like, and he was as good as he was on Sunday, because once that rain started spitting, Oliveira was four seconds behind the podium, four seconds, and when that rain started, within one lap, it was like one and a half laps, he had caught up and was in within a half a second of the pack. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he absolutely let the pin out. <laughs> I mean, Miguel Oliveira definitely. I mean, I don't even know if you could say it was because Maverick was riding slow. Miguel was just booking it. Yeah, he was the fastest guy on the track multiple laps there at the end because he's good when it's wet, like really good. I mean, he's got like five race wins. Yeah. You know, of the Aprilias, well, Maverick's probably got more. I don't know, it, all, but all, most of Mavericks wins, well, because he hasn't won on Aprilia yet, Yeah, but they, I don't think he won. I'm, I'm just saying career wins. Aprilia's got a uh, Oliveira has a lot for only being in the sport for four years. That's true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. He did really, really good. It was a little disheartening to see Bender snatch that podium away from him right at the last second, but at the same time, like, KTM that's bros. racing, you know, yep. that's racing. So Mark's crash, unfortunately he was, he was pushing in the second, in the Sunday race where he wasn't in the sprint, but that's pretty sad because he was just pushing to try and get into the top 10 and he couldn't, he crashed. Mark Marquez. It's just like you said earlier, he's called it on the season. This is, it's, I think that's honestly the hardest thing to watch in this season is just how little Mark Marquez seems to care. And this is yeah. why I think, honestly, I could see him hanging it up after 2024 because he started dating somebody. Sure. And he seems so, like, so happy in all his posts. And you can't really judge how happy somebody is based off their social media. It's all fake. <laughs> but, I mean, like, it is hard because you see him all smiles there and then you see him at the track i mean it's miserable and yeah i mean it's not like serious mark like he has been in the past where he's like you know all writing no games mm -hmm. you know or all work no play but also just imagine that guy on an aprilia or a ktm or just something that is not like <laughs> hot trash yeah you know i i think i think you're right in everything that you're saying i think there's a chance that that could happen i mean if he has to go another whole season on honda and nothing else gets better like i mean yamaha i mean it's like okay if it's if they get in the top 10 it's like a miracle if a honda rider crosses the finish line in one piece yeah it's a great day that that's that's fantastic yeah. that's 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 demoralizing <laughs> yeah so last thing from the main race as much as i rag on the guy i was really impressed by peko in this race because he's never really been like, oh, he's a great wet, wet race guy. You know, that was proven on Saturday, <laughs> you know, but with the conditions getting worse as well as he had a ton of pressure the whole time. I mean, he was being, you know, there was somebody on him like the whole time. He never like got away or anything like that. So I was expect, I actually told Haley, I said, 
this is a perfect scenario for him to crash. Like, it's getting a little bit wet. He's got all this pressure. This this is a Peko crash moment, if I've ever seen one before. Ugh. And he didn't crash. Which it does kind of hurt the championship standing a little bit. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I wanted him to not win because I want the championship to stay interesting, which it's getting less interesting at this point. But um, it's still not impossible. Jorge still has a shot here, but you know, it, even Bedzeki still has a shot, but it's going to take a lot. It's going to take Peko messing up. You yeah. know, so he he did really well is what I'm saying. He didn't crumble like he like we would expect him to. I will tell you, though, my entire family was celebrating so much when Elise oh, like, yeah. overtook him. Same it here. It was nothing Same but here. scream shouts and just joy. Absolutely. It was the bomb when Elise won because, man, Not so he perfect now, it. Pecco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he deserved it. And Pecco, that's why I was saying the Aprilia, I think, carries better corner speed than the Ducati. Because in that last sector, it's very curvy and stuff. And, you know, honestly, when that lap started... He also started, was just like the veteran, and he was like, you know, step aside, child. Well, when that <laughs> lap started, I told Haley, I said, I, I don't think he's close enough. I don't think he's close enough to close that gap in one lap. And then as soon as they got to that third sector, it was like, what gap? I'm passing him. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I just said, what just happened? I'm glad it happened. So, well, it was on, good. on the bright side, too, we didn't see any Aprilia's just not finish for mechanical issues. Right. We saw Ducati do that, unfortunately, with Alex Marquez, which was just weird. He had that one little clip where his, like, uh, where his, his arrow flew off, and then, like, one lap later, the whole bike shuts down, <laughs> you know? So. He yeah, had a shifter made, problem. Well, I think he made contact with somebody. I don't remember. Pecco. Oh, it was Pecco. Yeah. Oh, but well. they said that his issue wasn't related to that. It was an internal shifting mechanism, which I'm like, okay. Mm. Okay, Ducati. Okay. <laughs> we saw Elise finish a race and do well, uh, missing a wing. Yeah. I don't think we've seen that. With, have we seen that with the Ducati yet? I just uh, want to know how much that bike relies on that wing. Probably a lot. <laughs> so here's our championship standings as it stands after this race, which, by the way, in nine years, there has never been a repeat at Silverstone. Nine years, there has been wow. a different winner every single year at Silverstone, which I think is actually something to be said about that track, that it is so unpredictable. It's the longest track. It's awesome. It is the longest track in the season. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I love. I, I really love that track. I think it. It's really entertaining. So that's just something to say about the track. That nine different winners over nine years. That's awesome. So that is cool. Um, championship standings: first place, Peko Bagnai with two hundred fourteen points, and second place. Uh, it's about forty. What is it? Forty one, forty seven, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, Jorge Martin with one hundred seventy three points. Third place, Marco Bedzecki with 167. And then Brad Bender in fourth place. I'm going to stop saying the numbers because now we're pretty far. Um, so uh, fourth place, Brad Bender. Fifth place, Joanne Zarco. Sixth place, Aleish Espargaro. Seventh place, Luca Marini. Eighth place, Jack Miller. Ninth place, Alex Marquez. Tenth place, Maverick Vinales. And I just threw... Uh, 11th place is Fabio Quattararo because Maverick just took that from him this week uh, because Fabio has only got like 65 points on the whole season, which is yeah. just the most ridiculous thing ever. The sad thing is if Johan Zarco does any better, for, I mean, he's only nine points away from Brad Bender, then yeah. the top five in the championship will all be Ducati. Uh, yes, that's very true. Yikes. But Aleish could do some fancy work. I don't know. He'd have to win again. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. Fantasy results. I did not. So Saturday was a great day for me. Okay. 75 of my points came from Saturday. That's wild. Saturday was solid for me. And then Marco Bedzeki crashed on Sunday. And it messed everything up. So... I ended up with 110 and a half points on the week. I am in 33rd place. I moved up to like 30th and then I'm back down to 33rd on Sunday. So I did not move any at all. No, you did not. Um, so 
I totaled out with 1,179.5 points. Ty, you are in 52nd place. That is true. There are only 60 people in our league. You're pretty close to the back. Yep. And I'm pretty sure some of those people joined in late, so it really is not – I don't know how possible it is if unless I get zero points for the rest of the season for some of those people to pass me. But Well, they, they come in with the amount that they have on the season. Oh. Like, you can join a league at any time as long as it's a public open league. Well, That ma- didn't make you feel better, did it? No, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you had – you actually outscored me, though, this week. You had 112.25 points. It's abysmal which which puts you at 1044 points on the season total so it's a it's it's a rough i'm just happy i'm not still still in the 900s because i didn't know if i was ever gonna get out (laughs) well you made it you made it Uh, but here's the thing mia culpa is still in first place but only by 40 points they they were ahead by like 52 so they are losing ground here uh, they are in first place with 1,226.25 points. Uh, or Sorry, they got 126 points. That's a typo there, Ty. Uh, they got 126.25 points this week. That totals them out at 1,449.25 points. So just they think don't about have any, that. They do not have any boosts left. Yeah, they're all totally out of boosts. But just think about that. I'm like, I'm in 33rd, and that's only, you know, what, 300 points off? I know that sounds like a lot, but if you boost correctly, you can get like a 200-point week. So you could make up 100 points in one week if you play your cards right. Uh, and then second place, we've got a new person in second place, Turbo Perix 2 Rotus. I don't know what any of that means, but it's another person, I think, from, is it, where are they from? Is it Portugal? Both uh, of, I think both of them are from Portugal, actually. Yeah. Um, and uh, he has two boosts left. Dos. And then our third place, I believe, is the same one that we can't actually say yet uh, because this is family friendly. Uh, <laughs> Fat donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, he's still in third place. and then But there's several up there in the top like five that still have two or three boosts. So I think that ultimately Mia Culpa's in trouble. I think they're in trouble. I think that they're going to lose their spot eventually. Sorry about that, Mia Culpa. But um, something else I wanted to bring uh, some attention to is the fact that our audience in Germany is growing. Uh, 4% of our listeners are made up by people in Germany. So shout out to you guys. Thanks for listening. (laughs) I appreciate it. If you're our friends at Alpha, hello. Yeah, I assume some of them are. (laughs) Uh, But... We're going to talk fantasy advice for the Red Bull Ring next week because we don't have a race this coming Sunday. Uh, so next week we'll come back with our pre-race for Red Bull Ring. But let's get into a few hot takes real fast. I know we're running out of time. Uh, first things first, Alex Renz is going to Yamaha. It is official. It is done. And I still have a question in my mind of whether or not Yamaha is done. Either way, because hey, you know, on the bright side, Alex Mark, Alex Renz doesn't have to worry about getting hurt. That's true. For That's a year. absolutely true. Uh, but and here's the thing: Alex Renz is great at helping develop an inline four. We saw that at Suzuki. We saw him win on that. So on they're inline four. That's what I'm saying on the inline four, which means that he could be bringing something that Yamaha needs. I mean, he won last year at the end of the no, year. no, he won this year. Oh yeah. On a Honda. Yeah, he's the only Honda win. But my point is, is last year even, he won on an undeveloped inline four at the end of the season. I just, I mean, like, and not too far after that. So he wins on an undeveloped bike where the team is leaving. And he goes, and he goes to the satellite team where you're on last year's dumpster fire and wins. Mm-hmm. Last year's dumpster fire. Yeah. So Alex Renz is really good. However, what concerns me is, is it just a little too, is it too little too late? Is Yamaha too far gone? Because everyone keeps saying that the inline four just needs to go away. And so does the, the, uh, does the experience on the inline four just not really matter because it needs to go away potentially and everything needs to go to the V4? I don't know. It just worries me that we're not going to have Yamaha or potentially 
Um, Honda. Honda, because leads me right into my other hot take. You know, Dorna has ruled out a grid expansion for 2024. Just stupid. Yeah, I think it's dumb too, but it's not going to happen, uh, which we can talk about the details of that in a second, but that just means that we're not getting more bikes on the grid. We have what we have, and it makes me wonder if Yamaha is just never going to get another satellite team and fade away into the distance. You know what I mean? Yeah, going another year without a satellite team, it would. it's going to be... I mean, yeah. you're, they're getting so much less research and development. I mean, Honda, they have four riders in the team, but I don't know how much research and development you can get when none of your riders are finishing. Well, and that's that's where I, you know, I do have to consider and bring up, even though I am a Fabio fan, I got to question how good he is at developing a bike because nothing seems to be working. But at the same time, they have such little data. What What is he going to do to help? You know what I mean? Right. So I think that concessions are going to be a big deal for them. I think concessions and having not Franco Morbidelli. Yeah. Like someone who like can obviously take trash and win a race. Like Franco has not been doing great even before the, the downfall of Yamaha. Yeah. I mean, remember that Fabio does have a podium this season. Yeah. And... <laughs> But I mean, Alex, Alex Rins on a bike that's hurting people, mm-hmm. and, including himself, and her, including himself. One, so I think if you put him on a Yamaha, I think he and Fabio together will be able to push that bike way further than what they'll make it competitive again. Yeah, I don't know if it's championship material. No, but it'll be competitive. Yeah, which is way better than we can and say the last. You'll couple have years. two riders finishing the race decently. Yeah. So then my other one was that, the, you know, the expansion being canned for 2024. That brings up a couple questions in my mind. What's KTM going to do? Because they've promised seats to people that they don't have. Does that mean, and I know that they've had conversations with LCR Honda. So does that mean that they're going to take Honda's satellite team so that they will have the two bikes that they need because they've promised Pedro Acosta a seat and they really, really want Mark to come over? Like, those are the two people that they want to come over, but they don't have bikes for either of them because everybody else is under contract. And Gosh, so, I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie. I want to see Honda back and doing well. And it will be really sad to just see four Japanese bikes. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. And that's why I wonder if this is not really plausible because of how bad it is for MotoGP as a whole. Because that honestly... It, that I can't see any other direction other than Honda is on its way out. Well, I think honestly, one thing that I would think that would help in the future is Dorna might not expand their their grid right now because they don't have a lot of teams that can support that. I mean, I think we've seen as much as twenty six riders in a paddock, um, maybe a little bit more, not quite. But um, I think if LCR goes to KTM. And you have Mark Marquez and um, what's his name, Pedro Costa come yeah. to LCR KTM. I think at least all of a sudden it's It'll not going to be, be LCR Husqvarna. Either way, you <laughs> still you, KTM. You won't see K, you won't see Ducati 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 as often. Like you'll see Mark Marquez yeah. potentially back at the top again. I don't know if he'll win a championship. But it'll make it interesting. Yeah, the problem Pedro is Acosta. them not getting any more bikes means that they're going to have to... They 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 are going to put Pedro Acosta on a bike, which means that they're going to bump Augusto Fernandez, who's done really well this season. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I could see them expanding the, the grid, though, after 2024 if LCR goes to KTM because it makes it exciting again because you're going to have more sure. teams doing well. And then more people watch. And then... Maybe Yamaha and Honda figure something out with their concessions and they just focus on developing those motorcycles. And then in 2025, maybe. Yeah, but that is that going to be bringing, that would probably be bringing more satellite teams on versus bringing another manufacturer on, like a BMW or a Kawasaki. That's true. So I don't, I just don't know. It, it, it seems, I think that KTM was not wise in promising these things. However, they don't want to lose Pedro Acosta, who's potentially the next big thing he could be a total flop who knows but 
from I what thought, we've I seen. I thought Raul Fernandez were gonna, was going to be great. Yeah, he's not been great. He's not been terrible, but he's not been like good. He's been pretty bad. He's <laughs> been terrible. Uh, but <laughs> he hasn't crashed as much. I mean, he as was in the top ten this time around, right? Is that a first? Yeah, he was in tenth place for the main race. You know, uh, but here's the thing: um, you've got all these things that are moving around, and then you've also got you know Franco Morbidelli is officially not going to be on Yamaha next year. And uh, he's absolutely going to be on VR46 because Bedzecki's absolutely going to be on Premac, which means that poor Zarco is in the wind. And the only real place he's got to go, LCR Honda, because Alex Renz has vacated that seat, so there's an open spot there. Poor guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, because he has said that he's not going to Superbike. But because he's older, even though he's been good this season, you know, Ducati doesn't care. They want to get younger people. They want to get Tony Arbolina on there on the More Italians. Yeah, they want to get Tony Arbolina in there, who's really, really good. And they want to get. Uh, they're going to keep Alex Marquez, in my opinion. I think that he's proven that he should get another year on Grassini. Mm-hmm. That other seat's going to go to Tony Arbolina, and then they're going to open up the the seat on VR46 by moving him. Bedzeki up to Premac, and it's going to be Bedzeki and Jorge. And because Rossi is such good friends with Morbidelli, they're going to move Morbidelli to VR46. And the question is, is Morbidelli going to come out on VR46 and be like he was in 2020, which I know you put an asterisk next to 2020, but he was really good. He won a lot. Of, he, he, you know, he was in the top a lot in 2020. So that was before his ACL injury and all that stuff. So I'm wondering like, when you put him on the best bike on the grid, is he going to suddenly be good again? I don't know. He might be better than what he was because Yamaha's trash. Yeah. It's not good. So, I don't know. It's just there's a lot going on. There's a lot happening, a lot of things moving around. I feel bad for Zarco because this is just kind of like it's clearly going to be the end of his career. His biggest issue is that he hasn't won a race. Well, he better win one. It's not going to make a difference. It, it will not make a difference. But at least he can say that he's won. Also true. Because he ain't going to do it on a Honda. I'll tell you that. No. <laughs> so, you know, it's 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 just a pretty sad situation. But good news is we're going to have a more than one rookie next year, which is going to be exciting to see kind of what, what's coming with that. Right. Um, so my last thing is uh, I just need to say that I stand corrected. Paul did come back. I did not think that he would come back. I thought that he was going to end up being asked to vacate that seat from KTM so that they could make room for uh, Pedro Acosta and then they could bump uh, Augusto and bring over Mark. That was what I thought would happen, which I don't know isn't still going to happen if they don't get any, because they know they potentially aren't going to get any more bikes. If they don't get LCR over to their, their manufactured side, then I could still see them going like, hey, you only raced this many times. Like, you didn't deliver. Like, there's there's probably a loophole in this contract somewhere that they could be like, is it? it's either Pole or Mark. I think we would rather Mark. You know what I mean? So, I don't know what's going to happen there. But I could see them trying to figure that out. But I just wanted to say I stand corrected. He wasn't great, but he came back in the same season that he broke his back and his jaw and had some major, major recovery stuff. Like, that's crazy that that dude was on a motorcycle. Yeah. Crazy. Got to give got to give credit to him. So, anything to add, Ty? I don't think so. I think, uh, I don't think I, we got the results that we wanted this weekend, but I think we got... We got a really entertaining race. We got, yeah, it was, it was fun to watch, and uh, it, you know what? I had a lot of people over to watch that had never really watched before. And, and they, you brought them over on the right day. Yeah, you know, the, the sad thing is I have some friends, and the first race I ever took them to was the one that nearly ended Mark's career. <laughs> and oh that was, like, the first one. Well, I will say that that was still really awesome. Oh, yeah, but they're <laughs> like, you know, they're like, oh, man, gosh, this guy is great. And then, like, and then he, he, like, breaks his body. Never rides for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Just. So. All right, well, let us know that your thoughts uh, on Silly Season stuff. Let us know who you think's going where, what's going to happen. Let us know your questions. Uh, if you have questions about fantasy and stuff like that, we'd love to give you some of our input. You might not want to hear ties, but, you know, 
it's it's it's, <laughs> it's been a hard knock uh, life for for my MotoGP fantasy team. Yeah, this I year. will say though, even though Ty makes bad decisions with his fantasy team, he does have the right things in his mind that he talks about. He just can't make <laughs> those decisions because he has no money on his team. That is true. So uh, you know, let us know what your thoughts are. Hey, let us know what you're doing. Raul Fernandez went up three hundred thousand. Hey. Which puts him at 1.4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, that's positive, though. Yeah. So uh, you can connect with us and let us know everything. Talk to us uh, by shooting us a DM at Wheel to Wheel Podcast on Instagram. That's at Wheel, the number two Wheel Podcast. Uh, and if you want to support our podcast, uh, you can do a few things. You can uh, rate it on wherever you listen, write a review. That is huge for the algorithm. So if you write a review, uh, share it with a friend, but also if you want to go a step further and support us financially, you don't have to, but if you did that, that would just mean a ton to us uh, because we do want to expand the podcast and do more things, uh, but that takes the green stuff. So uh, if you wanted to support us financially, you can go to our Instagram page at wheel to wheel podcast in the, the link is in the bio. You can go there and in the future, you'll also be able to head over to the website, but we're not there quite yet. Uh, so we appreciate it. We will send you a bunch of awesome content this weekend while we're at the track. So keep a lookout and we'll catch you next week. See you guys.